Previously on D&D&D, Juno <laughs> yanks back on the controls, taking the nose of the machine up forward vertically as Zabbos cast Levitate, causing the machine to float straight up from where it was. Oh, no. <laughs> so now you are completely vertical above the standing stones, okay. floating up. Okay, here's what you do. Turn the blint off. Just turn off. Okay. Like, shut the whole thing I'm, down. I'm good. Like, you maybe just yank the amulet. I take the amulet out. Okay. There's a sudden drop, but then the spell... Yes. Brings you back and up. And then I stop levitate. My dude, like, it, things just float when I. So you float gently to the ground, but when the tail of the plane touches, it lurches forward oh, and shit. falls forward like the car in Jurassic Park. You guys in the cart, Juno, Zabbis take three damage and Fletch take two of just kind of like whiplash. You guys in the bag are fine, except for the weird smell and awkward social dynamic. <laughs> And you are atop the rock spire, surrounded by these standing stones. We made it. We made it. And now I just feel like I don't even know what to do. Welcome to D&D&D, the Dinner Party Role-Playing Podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, James Gressel, and with me, as always, are some fun people. Say hi, fun people. <gasps> Hello! You're fun people. When last we left you off, you had kind of crash-landed your magical flying device in the Fey world side of uh, your final destination for this big quest, the Grove of the Rock, the Standing Stones on top of uh, the magical beacon that you're trying to liberate and uh, reactivate to save the land. But before we do that, let's have some dinner. Except it's not dinner today, it's breakfast. (laughs) I made kind of a, uh, a breakfast casserole, a frittata, a quiche, a baked so egg good. dish. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, there's not a real difference between those things, right? I think it's just the dish that they're cooked in, basically. Like, mm. I think a frittata is cooked in a frying pan and a casserole is cooked in a casserole dish. I feel like, like every quiche I've ever had has been, like, wet and soggy. Yeah. And somehow, mm. Gressel managed to make this where, like, each vegetable was perfectly encapsulated in the egg yeah. and it wasn't And we had it, like, dry. it was hot. It was hot, which is good. Yep. It was moist, but not wet. So moist. And it was dense, but also fluffy. Yeah, mm. I get scared of quiche. Yeah, I was very happy with this, because I'm if not I didn't a huge quiche teeth, fan either. I could eat it very comfortably, too. I had nice. two servings, and I'd eat a third if we didn't have to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> I usually put my quiche in the bank, but... Oh, oh boy. That was so good. Yeah. I've got my dad AF shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> dad jokes all day. We are in a good comedy place for this comedy fantasy podcast. I love that so much. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Everybody has eaten. Everybody's got their coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason why we did breakfast is because we're about to go hard for hours yeah we're hitting the end game here we rejoined the adventure everyone had kind of just tumbled out of the crashed flying machine and you're on top of the rock spire at the standing stones you're in the fey wild you have two fairies with you as guides harry and mary i believe <laughs> yeah that's right they reminded me of the uh the twins from home movies i don't know home oh movies. my god yeah. i Yes. A Terry and something yeah, else. Yeah, I forget what, but like I know exactly what you're talking about. So you're all out. You're on top of the standing stones. You're in the Feywild. What do you do? Perry, Mary, it occurs to me we didn't really get to know you. Uh, wh- what's your deal? Why did you rescue us? 
Also, thank you. Can we do anything for you? Yeah, you have to. What did they say? They were kind of more hot. They were kind of more hot. They're going to sound like this. <laughs> yeah, you need to get back to your world and warn uh, warn the Earthadars about, about <laughs> the bad elves who have taken control of our world. All right, let's do it. And Marjorie walks forward and touches the middle stone. Uh, when you touch this middle stone, a portal appears. And this isn't how it worked before. If you remember, Zabbos had to cast a very complicated spell. It's like a channeling spell. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. took some time and really was difficult for him to do. But this time, the portal just appears. And it's different from the previous portals that you guys have been through. This is kind of cleaner. It's more precise, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel like you're tearing apart the fabric of reality to like cross planes. Like this feels very much more like a doorway or appears very much more like a doorway. And instead of feeling kind of like pulled through it or anything, it just kind of opens up and sits there for you, waiting and more inviting. And the fairies say, hurry up, get through. This is this is crazy that this just opened for you. Get through <laughs> yeah. and, and, and save us. This is shady as hell. Can I check for I traps? Think. Check for traps. Sure. Ooh, it's not good. You rolled a five? Yeah, six, baby. Nope. No traps. Well, your passive good perception's more. It's too easy. I had to learn this crazy-ass spell to get through the first time. Wait, oh, I have an idea. What? After checking for traps, Marjorie looks in the portal and goes, <laughs> and makes an eagle cry. You don't hear an eagle cry back, but you do feel something. You're kind of awash in this calming feeling, like, a, like aromatherapy or like smelling a good candle or something. Like, it's nice. I feel like I'm being hugged, and I don't think I like it. Hey, what is it? Mary and Perry, whatever. How about one of you goes with us? Wouldn't they just disapparate? Oh, no, we didn't when we came through to their world. I mean, it's worth a try. And then they try to fly through, but when they try to fly through the portal, they kind of like bloop and bounce off. Mm. Doesn't look like we can get through. Is this a little Mickey Mouse? It's a little Mickey Mouse. It's a little Mickey Mouse. Mary Perry, just one more question. Haven't the elves always been in control of this side? Are are you some kind of rebel group? Are you being oppressed? I mean, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> we we had to keep invisible and like they took our dogs. You know, have you, know, you been watching anything that's been happening around us? I assume they're on the side of good. I just want to make sure that we yeah, know well, this definitely. isn't Chinatown or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that is, but I, I just want to make sure we, we know what's happening. <laughs> Uh, what was that, man? What? Nothing. Forget about it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Jesus. <laughs> As you're kind of discussing the politics of the Feywild with Mary and Perry, you see kind of in the distance three flying machines approaching fast. They're heading your way. Guys, we need to make a decision. Then I walk up and just kind of put my hand through the portal to see what happens. As your hand crosses the threshold of the portal, you feel yourself being pulled as if there's hooks attached to, not painful, but just like the physical sensation is like something has hooked onto you at like every point of your body and you're just like pulled through. This isn't like before when you went to like the bone dice portal or the portal through. Like this isn't like weird waves of like emotions or like pain or anything like that. You're just in this magical, beautiful, brilliant vortex. Marjorie instinctively grabs Fletch's back. And you're also pulled in, and you're in this, like, kaleidoscope vortex. Flack instinctively grabs Marjorie's back. Same deal. Now now you're, you've got this chain going of... I uh, won't let you go, buddy. Friend. Uh, We're friends now. Thanks, John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> You look around, the three of you look around, and it's this crazy, like, light show around you of 
just swirling bursts of electric colors and every kind of crazy hue and they rise and they fall and they disappear and they clash and clang together you suddenly realize that all of you are laughing <laughs> you're loving this, this is can, can we can like people who i haven't gone in yet are we yeah juno, this? juno and zabbis they're just through the portal and you see this doorway we don't hear anything you don't hear anything oh, you just I see can't this doorway. ask if it looks cool in there Mm-mm. do you want to go through i mean i would want to go through if i knew if it looked cool in there or not flack reaches out towards the doorway and your hand goes through. Oh. Do they see my hand? Yes. You see a hand. You see a little gnome hand. Okay. Uh, I pop my head out through. Yep. And I'm like, guys, it's hilarious in here. Why does that even mean? It's so funny. <laughs> and then my head goes back. Perfect. Yep. I don't like this. I don't like this. I can't think. Of, why would it be hilarious? <laughs> That's such a weird, unnatural thing. Frivolity makes me suspicious. <laughs> Inside the vortex, a kind of like rainbow road pathway appears beneath your feet. So now you're walking through this vortex. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Far kind of in the distance, uh, but still kind of close enough that you feel you can walk to it. You see another doorway and there's this silvery light coming through that door uh, and you don't know what's on the other side of it but you're overcome with a feeling of needing to go there do you guys feel like you need to go to that doorway i feel like you guys are my best friends in the entire world i'm having so much fun yeah <laughs> let's go to that silvery door what about the others Would they sh- they're not behind us <laughs> <laughs> no they're not behind us what are they doing this is so great how far away are those flying machines they're getting real close to you. Oh shit! Maybe like, we should like just you, pop you've in. You've got there. moments. Let's just go. I don't know. I don't know what else to do, man. Perry, Marjorie, just on a whim because she's feeling so lighthearted and just wants to do whatever she wants to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. Grabs Koyrim's helmet and throws it over her eyes and looks around. What does she see? You see the colors still, just like before, and kind of in the distance beyond that, you see fantastical cities. These kind of like celestial buildings that are like floating on clouds. They're kind of like dotting the sky. When you see the moon late in the day, Mm -hmm. you know, half hazy, semi-transparent, and they're clearly far away. But you see, you know, several of these kind of floating around and they're they're all different architectures and different styles, different symbols. And you see some statues, giant colossal statues. This is the future that liberals want. (laughs) (laughs) What do I see when I look towards the silvery door that's so beckoning? In addition to the silver light, which is the predominant backlight that's coming through, you can see snaking kind of out of it these emerald light tendrils as well. Oh. Can I give the helmet to my compatriots to look to? Sure. Because I just want to share the love. Oh, yeah. Let me see that helmet. There you go. As the other two guys look through the helmet, you see the same kind of thing. These floating temples or cities or or whatever. Wow. This is the future that liberals want. That's what I said. (laughs) So did we, I forget, did we (laughs) land on top of this thing with the like aircraft? You like kind of crash landed. Okay. So my amulet's still in one of them? Yeah. Can I grab it? Sure. Okay, I do that. And then I guess just I hop in because I don't know what else to do. Okay, Zabbis hops in and then Jeremy's like, oh man, Juno, you better get through there. Jeremy, what's going to happen to you? Do you want to come with us or do you want to stay? I mean, I feel like I got a pretty good thing. Can I keep the cape? Oh. Like without the cape, I, I, you know, I'm not really much of anything. Oh, just, it's got a lot of magic to it. Are you looking more for just an aesthetic choice? <laughs> I mean, you guys did kill me. 
Oh. <laughs> There's like airships coming at you yeah. during so this I, conversation. I, <laughs> I think you maybe owe me one. And then you see the other three airships are now close enough for you to see in the middle one, like Darth Vader at the end of A New Hope style. You see Yanathan in the middle flanked by instead of blue dragonborn, these two are white. Ooh. Oh. Juno waves, cries out, hey, Yanathan, and then jumps through. <laughs> Okay. You just you taunted him? <laughs> yes. And then you hear Jeremy go, bye, I'll always remember you guys. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry, bye, bye. Oh, no. Jeremy. And then the portal closes once Juno comes through. It closes like two sliding doors coming together. It doesn't blip out. It doesn't explode or anything like that. It's very gentle in the way that this portal closes and folds up. And now you're in this vortex. Are we floating or are we like walking? You're walking along a kind of like... It's Rainbow Road. Yeah, Rainbow Road. Yeah. Path. Oh, nice of you to join us. Uh, We... Definitely forgot to say bye to Jeremy. Did you manage to do that? Mm. Yes, I did. It was a heartfelt goodbye. Oh, my <laughs> other best friend. I, I also saw my... my uh, what, what would one call him? My enemy, but also very, very handsome. My, my, my frenemy crush. Yanathan! I, I taunted Yanathan. He's gorgeous. Uh, as you guys are having this conversation, the vortex around you kind of starts to darken. Oh. No! <laughs> the rainbow road that you're on starts moving like a conveyor belt towards this opposite doorway. Margin um, turns to it and smiles. <laughs> <laughs> as you get closer to this doorway, the rest of the space around you gets darker and darker until all that you see is the light from this doorway and everything else around you is black. And then the road that you're on goes from this kind of like rainbow roadway to just a circular glowing disc. Again, you don't feel any magical kind of effects on your emotions anymore. You're no longer, like, overcome with laughter. You're not in any kind of pain. Marjorie turns to Flack and is like, give me back my helmet. Oh, but we're friends. <laughs> yeah, but I want my helmet here. back. I don't need it anyway. I know you said it was hilarious in here. I, I kind of felt that when I got in, but being surrounded by darkness, I'm more comfortable with this. When you go through this other doorway, you expected to find yourself back in the real world, back on top of the real world rock spire. But instead, you're in this huge black room. There's a faint light on the opposite side of it. And as you kind of walk towards it, you realize that you're looking at a giant wall of ice. You can kind of see through. It's not like the wall in Game of Thrones. It's not like this huge, massive, thick barrier. It's like a. It's like the wall of ice from X Men Two. Yeah. In the Xavier <laughs> School. Yeah, it's it's more like a rival. <laughs> okay, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. So there's this barrier in front of you, and when you touch it, you realize that it's ice. As you get close to it, you see two huge figures move from the shadows deep within the opposite side of the ice wall towards you. Zebus, did any of your learning? tell you that this is what was gonna happen no this is no i knew it's too good to be true like happy rainbow tunnel when they get closer you recognize that they're kind of feminine shapes uh, one is silver and gray and white and the other is like emerald moss and like a foresty green and the two women tower over all of you they're easy 10 12 feet tall you can't make out any yes. kind of distinct features or anything yet because there there's a light that's coming from their their faces there's this glow that kind of obscures what they look like and the silver lady turns to zabas and you're kind of enveloped in this silvery glow and you're flooded now with 
memories of like every friend you've ever known. You see faces of people you love. You have flashes of these memories of when you first met these people. You're seeing basically like introductions to all of your favorite people in your life. How does that make Zabbis feel? Do you confused know? Yeah. Okay. and like because it's nice, but I, yeah, I don't like this because uh, it's like cool. This is like a nice feeling, but so was the happy the little tunnel. Sure, and it, yeah, I don't like it. Juno, the Emerald Lady, turns to you, and you see images of people meeting as well. But what you see are like agreements from your past. You see like making like trade deals and like peace made over arguments and enemies surrendering and then sharing drinks. You see like beneficial business arrangements and handshakes and hugs from your former life as a soldier and a farmer. Anything resonating with that with Juno? I mean, agreements and hugs are good, but Juno is very distrustful of seemingly celestial beings. (laughs) So... He he doesn't trust these images and these feelings. The light on the faces of the women fade, and you can just kind of make out through the ice their vague features, but they're unmistakably like open and warm. Their smiles and their their eyes, as far as you can tell, aren't trying to betray anything. I have a question. Yeah, what does Stormy mm. see? So far, they've only focused on you guys. No, but do, does everyone see both of them? Yeah, everybody sees oh. both of this. Nobody sees anything different. Okay. I like that we are a group who sometimes, like, if something nice is in front of us, we're like, no, I don't trust that. (laughs) Juno shares that this is what he's feeling and seeing. Why'd you pick me, gray lady? She just kind of, like, smiles at you. You're once again, like, overcome with just, like, all the, like, good interactions that you've had with people. Mm. Pleasant meetings. Oh, it's because I'm special. (laughs) <laughs> well, what about me, Gray Lady? She didn't pick you; she picked me. But I'm I, I was also picked. I, I'm so the, the I have handshakes. Yeah, in but my yours head. is lame. Gray Lady's <laughs> handshakes. Gray Lady Zabbis isn't even appreciating it. Yes, I am. <laughs> so he doesn't even like it. Both women like kind of step back and open their arms, and they give you a minute to process what's happening. And you can hear that there's like faint sound, but it's not coming through the barrier. So the the Gray Lady, as you called her, t- turns to you, Flack. And then suddenly you have like every memory of like when you were mistreated for being a gnome. No. Theater troops turn you away and the work of your composer father is trashed by critics and kind of forgotten because it's not like elvish or human, you know, like it's less than critics are calling it like brutish or simple. And you feel trapped and misunderstood and alone. And then she steps back and she kind of physically positions herself to be like, see... No, I don't see. Was it good? No. It wasn't good at all. It made me feel bad. And the Emerald Lady turns to Margarine, and you're kind of lit up with these bad memories, too. Every time that you've been held captive, you've been caught stealing, held in a cell, held in the brig on a ship, all these holding cells from various cities in your past travels, and the dungeon in the, the city of the Elf Council is the last thing that you see. And there's this kind of like sadness that you feel. And then they snap you out of it and they step back and it's like, see? Woof. Our two moms have their favorites. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) That was not nice, guys. What did you feel? Trapped and small and little and... uh, I would like to go now. I don't like the idea that they are revealing something inherent because if anyone, I feel like I've got a good claim on dark feelings. And... You I, will, I want to have the positive feelings. 
Maybe we should shake. Do you want to shake hands? Yeah, is that what they want? Hands. Okay, I, we shake hands. They kind of like point at the shaking hands and then they point back at themselves and then they point back at you. Emergent puts her hand out to one of the moms. One of them reaches her hand out and touches the wall. Margin walks up and touches the wall, too. Uh, when your tiny hand, which is just like a, f- a <laughs> fraction small. of this massive... It's like a fingernail on her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you kind of meet against this barrier, you're flooded with a memory as well. And you find yourself in this beautiful open-air amphitheater. It's somewhere you've never been before. It seems like you've arrived at some sort of festival, like ribbons and flowers are everywhere. There's all these different kinds of attendees, elves of all kinds, satyrs, fairies, dryads, nymphs. Uh, They're all dressed in the nines. Uh, The fashion, however, seems really like antiquated, like it's more togas and simple robes and that kind of thing. Everybody, all the people in the kind of audience are dressed in a very kind of like uh, ancient fashion. At the center of this forum, you see a set of standing stones, and a cheer erupts as a portal opens, and through the gate come a family of humans. Two women, uh, an older woman and like a, a older teenager, like late teens, early 20s, and a man, you assume to be the mother and the father, are wearing these like ornate amulets. Do they look like Zabus's amulet? They don't look like Zabulus. Z- Zabulus. Zabulus. <laughs> they don't look like Zabus's amulet. They step clear of the portal and the crowd like cheers. Mm-hmm. And then there's this hush over the crowd and another portal opens. And it's this kind of like clean doorway portal that you just went through. And through this portal step the two women from beyond the ice wall. They're kind of like glowing with this otherworldly energy and they demand everyone's attention. Are they big? They're huge. An official looking elf in robes inlaid with silver and green depicting nature imagery, easily the most ornate dress in the whole bunch, steps forward and he asks something of the human man and the human man nods solemnly. And he turns to the daughter, a young lady in her late teens, early 20s, very like hard looking. Her hair is put up in like side braids with the top left, you know, kind of tied back in a ponytail. And the father takes his amulet off and he puts it over his daughter's head and he hugs her and he whispers something in her ear that you can't see, but they're both crying when they break their hug. And then the father and the mother share a moment. And you can tell watching this that there's something really special between these two people. There's a very deep love, a very deep bond that just radiates from how they interact. They share this look, there's little tears, there's small laughs, light touches, these things that you just, you know, represent real, true love. No one in the assembly makes any effort to hurry them. Nobody's put off by this display of affection. Finally, after they take their time saying this goodbye, you hear the woman say, is there no other way? And the man responds, There's no other way. And then he turns to his daughter and he says, May the land you rule know only peace and your people prosperity. And she says back, They'll always be your people, Father, and they will know of your sacrifice. And the man turns back to the two ethereal beings near the portal and he steps forward. And the elf in the big robe raises his arms and says something in words that you can't understand, Mardrin. And the godly women each put a hand on the man's shoulders and he begins to glow in the same kind of otherworldly glow that they have. And the assembled fey folk all begin this chant and the man starts to go brighter and he starts to rise a little bit off the ground. And a silver light emanates from his skin and vines start to grow around him encasing his body. Margin starts to cry. And right at that moment, everything in this vision freezes, literally freezes in ice. And in an instant shatters with a brilliant and terrible crash and you're you're suddenly back in this void where you were in front of the ice wall 
and for the first time you hear the women beyond it make a definitive sound. It's a sound that your ears can barely comprehend. It's it's like a dog whistle, but a horrible and painful and scared. There's so much fear in this sound. And then the second sound comes to your ears. And this one you instantly recognize as arrogant laughter. Yanathan's come through the portal. <gasps> and he's behind you in the void. And he says, I don't know what you think you know, but you're meddling in affairs that you can barely begin to understand. And he draws his flower from his coat. And the long, thin blade with the basket hilt materializes in his hand. And right then, the silver lady slams hard against the ice wall, burning it with a brilliant white light that that lights up the whole space. And she slams again and again and again. And finally, the ice cracks. And Yanathan says, no, that's not possible. And you hear him scream. And he starts furiously casting a spell, waving his arms around and saying things in a language you don't understand. His vines erupt from the hole opened by the silver lady. And without warning, you're yanked back into the brilliant rainbow vortex and kind of this time you're not like walking along a nice road you're like falling through this uh, is good let's trust them no i miss my giant moms (laughs) ice to meet you (laughs) and everything goes black you can't see anything and you hear in your heads one word spoken by two feminine voices help Hey everybody, Gruzzle here with a few quick mid-game announcements, and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 28 of D&D&D. This is the first part of our final recording session. We're really excited to share it with you guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this season, and for sharing this journey all the way to the end with us. We really, really appreciate it. Be sure to follow us on social media at D&D&Dpod on Twitter and D&D&Dpod on Instagram, or email us at D&D&Dpod at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show. People like Goku's bastard son at the real grandpa on Twitter who said listening to D and D Pod and playing Grim Dawn. This is a good Sunday. Uh, I don't know what Grim Dawn is, Goku's bastard son, but it sounds like you're having fun with it, and that's what's important. So thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed your game on this good good Sunday. Thanks to everybody who participated in my little Twitter Q and A last week when we were delayed uh, releasing our episodes. Apologies again for that, but we are back on track. That was a fun little thing to do, and we're going to do another discussion episode when we do wrap up this season, so stay tuned for when we will start accepting questions for that. As I said, this is the beginning of the end, our final recording session for Season 1. We have a few parts to this one, so buckle up, because this was a long, long recording session, and we wrapped up as much as we could of the story before moving into Season 2, so be sure to check out Part 2 on Wednesday, and until then, thanks everybody, do what's fun! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you land, you feel solid ground under your feet after falling through first the rainbow vortex and then just blackness. And weirdly, you all feel kind of wet. Uh, there's like a wetness on your armor and your clothes. Great. And there's this horrible smell that filled, fills your nostrils. And Juno, you, know, you instantly recognize this as orc blood. <laughs> and after... Blood? 
Are we covered in orc blood? After you take a moment to kind of catch your breath and realize what happened, you realize that you've materialized at the standing stones on top of the rock spire in your world. You've made it. But you also materialized right in the middle of a group of orcs, having severed a couple in half. Oh, Oh, shit. Uh, And Black literally materialized inside of one, and now you're covered in like orc entrails. Oh, man. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) Baptism by fire, you're going to become an orc hunter, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So from the top of this spire, you can see for miles out in the horizon. To the southeast, you see the valley from which you came, uh, and the river winding its way down to Night's Pass. You can just barely see the top of the great tree temple of Galamathir. To the west, you see the mountains that are just mountains now, no horrible uh, elf city. You see the waterfall where behind you left Koyrim. And Pete. Pete was there with him. And Pete was there with him, yep. Wait, are there not any living orcs left? No, you you like w- it, like when the portal opened, it like cut them. Oh, oh we okay. eviscerated them. Yeah, so they're all. Juno oh. does his detect orc thing because he wants to know if there are any more below you. You can't even count. Oh, cool, so many. Okay, yeah, but yeah, you're like on fire. The hair on your body's all standing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am. After a moment, you hear this kachunk, and you see from somewhere below you a huge chunk of rock flying the direction of the waterfall. Apparently, they haven't given up on firing at you. Wow. Persistent. A long time. Uh, Stupid orcs. Days? You don't know how time has passed. Mm. Oh, that's right. Towards the edge of the kind of platform that you're on, the kind of plateau at the top of this, there's a staircase. What do you do? Guys, who cut the cheese? Am I right? Because it smells bad. But no, that's orcs. It's it's foul, but it's also wonderful. You are so full of one-liners. Well. And I feel so disgusting. <laughs> I feel disgusting. I feel disgusting. <laughs> you look kind of disgusting. I look disgusting. You've I, never looked I, better than coated an orc. <sighs> I feel disgusting, too. I want to fit in. <laughs> gross. This is gross. Black, you've been inside one. Yeah. Yeah. How's the cheese for you? What was that? You're the one who cut the most cheese. I cut it all. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, Juno casts Pass Without a Trace on all of us and says, oh yeah, guys, this ain't over yet. There are so many orcs below us. (laughs) It's going to be fun. What time is it? You can tell kind of from where the sun is that it's kind of like late afternoon, early evening. Pass Without a Trace gives us more sneak. Yeah, you have a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. This lasts for an hour. That's crazy because we're like drenched in orc blood, but we can't be traced. <laughs> Juno, you take the lead. This is this is your campaign from here on out. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do this. I feel like... Do what, though? You just said there's so many. Yeah, what, oh. you want us to just run in there and what, like... Invisikill all these orcs? You, you're right. That is what I want. I've got a crazy idea. We are a team. Yes, what's your idea? Can Zappas like fireball an area and then Flack put it in one of his big old purple balls? I have to be within the big gold purple ball. Oh, then maybe don't do that. But we could do a uh, purple ball that Zappas steps out of, does the fireball, then steps back into, and we'd all be safe inside the purple ball. Can you move the purple ball? No. Hmm. The purple ball is mobile. It's also a dome. I feel like it's a dome. It's not a ball. So if we went downstairs, we wouldn't be in the bottom part of the ball. You know what? That's a very. It's you know what? It says dome. It's a dome. What says dome? The spell book. (laughs) Could we? Could we? Could Zebus cast Earth Shake 
Or can we just destroy that? the spire? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe I we know. just destroy the spire. We do have jump. hostages. There, there are hostages. They're the elves that were stationed oh, sh- here, and and uh, Flex, uh, untrustworthy, crush. Mm-hmm. She might be here. Yeah, I don't know if you're still into that. I mean, yeah. Okay. Should we have? Okay. Should we split up? But not actually. Should we have like the offensive team and then the hostage rescue team? What if Fletch and I go and scout the next level down in our silence Wait, rangerness? So okay, mm. so we're on top of where all the orcs are. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, in my robe, I have a a orc vacuum. No, it's time for the dog. <laughs> no, I have a two by four foot window that I can place on the surface, so we can like see. Down. Oh. Like, although I'm, I don't know if that means they can see us. So yeah, they can definitely can. But we're invisible. Wait, but is it like the door where it's just a door and it's not a door in a wall? But they might wonder why a window appeared. That'd be good though. We're all saying we the, things. If we did the window and they're like, "Oh, what's that?" and they one by one walk up the stairs, we can just get them one get by em. one. Get them. Get them. That is true. We could like lure them up through the window, and then it's like not as many at a time. Yeah. Do we have any? Oh, we're I have like a rope. Yeah, Juno. Maybe Juno could dress like an orc and be like, "Hi, hunkies," and then maybe oh, a like lady a, a lady orc. I will never then... debase myself in that way to okay, be, I'll do to be an orc. What if it led to more orc deaths, though? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> nobody heard me. That's fine. You're so tiny. Would you say? I said I'll do it. I mean, I'd be I, a lady. Okay. Oh, that that activates something very specific for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Oh. Well, what's the plan? Should we do that? How about I like the I window like the window, idea. but how about we just go and check out the next level, creep down, check it out, come back up, see what we're dealing with. Okay. All right, let's do it. You and I. Okay. All right, roll your stealth checks. I rolled a ten, so it'd be ten plus. Oh my god. 20? Oh jeez. Just roll a one. Yeah. Yes. After being so excited about, oh, dice! <laughs> One. Oh, by the way, Joel has gone through so many sets of die because <laughs> none of them ever go his way. Some of them go my way sometimes, but so, not this time. In his excitement, <laughs> yes. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> uh, in his just bloodlust at the prospect of <laughs> taking out this many orcs, Juno runs over to the staircase. And trips. Oh my god! Uh, tumbling no. down this flight of stairs. <laughs> oh my god! We could have just make a dexterity a check. It's a twenty. Oh, oh. oh great! Uh, but somehow you manage to land on your feet. Your chaos. Fantastic. <laughs> and when you do, what you see at the bottom of this first flight of stairs is this huge atrium. Like the inside of this mountain, for you know, to simplify it, is essentially hollow. It's carved out. So you're in this like giant atrium, and in the center of this is a stone that's been carved to look somewhat like a tree, and the branches uh, from this kind of central trunk are stretching out in every direction to create these walkways that go from different levels of the spire. You can see that these standing stones are actually extensions of this kind of central rock tree, quotes around tree. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So is the whole Thank like... You spire open in the middle yeah so it's all Uh. just like one deep room with like different levels with different levels and and you can see that there are rooms branching off into the into the outer walls and in the in the center is this you know tree structure with the branches acting as pathways between them Mm. Um, so is it possible for me to see all the way down 
you kind of lose sight of it down. You're really high up. I mean, you're yeah. you're hundreds of feet up. Um, you know, this is a huge rock spire that you're in. You know, it's it's the height of the waterfall. Is the tree sculpture giving off any kind of creepy vibes? You would have to check that, and you're not down there right not, now. No. So, Juno, do you and and do and I see any baddies at, at the kind of uh, landing that you've perfectly managed to kind of like stick the landing on, even though you tripped and fell down the stairs? There are not any orcs currently at this kind of landing. There's a pathway that snakes oh, along the bitch. outer wall that kind of leads to another set of stairs that go down. But you cannot see any orcs right now. Do I detect them? Oh, yeah. Wait, are they, they seem very far down? The strongest concentration of your orc sense is way far down, and it kind of decreases as it goes up. And you can tell that there are three orcs within 100 yards of you. Has Fletch gotten here? Contrary to you, um, <laughs> like, like saw you solid fall. snakes down, <laughs> you know, down the stairs, perfectly Shaking in shadow. Head. In fact, after Pinky you... Pinky in the brain. Yeah, after you stick the landing and you kind of like... Do my arms up. Yeah. Perfect 10. Uh, you turn around and Fletch is just there. <laughs> Shaking my head. It worked out. Gosh, thankfully. That's a lot of orcs. What do you think? Should we go down, take them out one by one, or make our choke point upstairs and see if they can come to us. I like the idea of having a final stand on top of the thing by leading them all up the stairs. It's easier to fight being on top than it is on bottom. So if they're coming up the stairs, I feel like we'd have a better chance of knocking them all down or off the the spire. I feel like if we were to go inside and fight, it would be... I was thinking when you were saying that, that, like in battle, so as in sex. (laughs) That's such a Juno thing yeah. to say. I don't know how to respond, and I'm not going to. So, anyways, yeah, let's get their attention, and then kind of like, like maybe like throw a rock at them, and then run away. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wish I had. I wish I had fireworks. Or maybe, maybe, maybe I could just shoot them with my longbow. Just shoot one of them. Oh, with that sweet, sweet lightning. I don't know about that. That oh, would be okay. too alerting. I think. So if I could do a quiet, a quiet like sneak strike. And then run away. Can I come downstairs? Shh. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen. Yep. That'll sneak down. <laughs> yeah. What if we like toss margarine in there? What? Whoa. Hey. What? Let's let's have a conversation first. I thought that's what, that's why you came down so oh. we could like throw you in. I've got some ideas. So I don't have magic, but everybody else has magic. Well, and I don't so, have magic, but well, mm, well, I have a little bit. Okay. You just yeah, cast every- a spell. That's right. You know. Anyway. Your bloodlust is gone to your head. <laughs> Does anybody have, like, some kind of dragon thing that could spiral down all of the pathways and just, like, pfft, roll everybody over? Or maybe Zabbis has, like, a portal that he could just put in an area where we can get all of the orcs to come up to us and they just go whoop, 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 whoop through the portal and into, like, a lava pit? Hey, Zabbis, maybe, guys, we're talking. Come down room. here. Do you guys want to come down here? Why don't we go up there? Okay, let's go up there. <laughs> Chelsea, do you have a list of all the patches I could look at? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we just Two have mastiffs. to remember. Yeah, there's dogs in there. Cool. We just had to remember that there's people we're trying to save in there, or else I would just cast like a big fireball like down the middle of it, but that would kill everyone. What's a portable ram? Like, like a, a battering sheep? ram? Oh. I know. I thought that at first, too. I was a like, Dodge what? Ram. Yeah. <laughs> a portable car. <laughs> a full-size pickup material. <laughs> Only two ninety five a month. <laughs> two tons of Detroit muscle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm skeptical that the hostages are alive. I don't know why orcs wouldn't immediately 
kill them. Well, let's find out. And Marjorie goes, hee-hee, and does a bird noise. Oh, boy. This bird noise kind of echoes down the, the expanse of the main chamber, but it kind of gets lost in the space as it goes down. None of you guys are making checks. I can't really describe anything new. <laughs> okay, then she I'll does. do a perception check. 19 plus what? Wisdom? Yeah. Four. So okay. 23. That's great. Right. <laughs> with with a 23, what, <laughs> Fletch goes down and listens hard to what he might hear down below after Marjorie makes this, this kind of bird noise. You don't hear any kind of response to the bird noise, but but deep below, you can hear, just a couple levels below, you hear the machinery of the trebuchets uh, that were launching at the waterfall. Uh, you can, you can kind of hear that that battery of weapons is just a couple levels below you. And then you can hear below that, in the kind of main chamber, there's orc voices echoing up. And there's another voice that's kind of more commanding that you recognize as a human voice and seems vaguely familiar to you. What? Uh-oh. Wait, like wait, oh, wait, commanding human voice? You hear that there's there's a human voice that's kind of speaking over the orc voices. You can't make out what they're saying. Masculine or feminine? Masculine. That's kind of, you get the sense that there's there's someone calling the shots. You just get a tingle that's like, I know this. Mm. I, like this, I've heard this before. All right, I run back upstairs. Guys, there's a human down there, and it sounds like that human is a male. Is it and Genevieve? It, and it's calling the shots, like the commanding nine. these orcs. What? There's a human down there that we know. I what? just can't place the voice. What? How? Do they sound like they would have dogs? That's a specific question that I don't know how to answer. Maybe they, do they sound like they have glasses? Long hair. Are you playing how, Guess Who? Sounds, <laughs> how far away did they sound? A couple levels down. Did it sound like the, the bat voice man consumed by bats was Zuman Breakfast? Zuman Breakfast. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to have to. Didn't someone laugh at us? I, feel, I felt laughed at when that bat came. Didn't, didn't, didn't a voice be like, ha ha ha, when Zuman Breakfast <laughs> got eaten by bats? He was like, we'll, uh, we'll see you later. I'm the big boss. Whoa. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It feels like it's been months. <laughs> let's just go. Like, I just want to go down there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's go, let's go then. We got to figure are we out. still all stealthy? We're yeah, Pass Without stealthy. Trace uh, lasts for an hour. Jeez. So you guys all have plus 10 to stealth rolls. Um, you descend the staircase, you land at the first landing, and there's this other staircase that kind of leads down along the outer wall of... The atrium, and as you go down that, do you guys want a stealth check to go down that, or yes. are you just rocking it down? I want to check out the tree because the tree's giving me the same vibes as the tree in the basement of Zimmer Brevnon's breakfast. This is made out of stone. If I didn't make that clear, it is rock. Yeah, it just looks like a tree. It's still it's just it's pretty it, cool. It's giving me that vibe. Sure. Unfortunately, I didn't roll good. So okay, it was like oh, six. Yeah, that's not yeah. gonna do it. Everything I'm rolling is six. I just want to get to where the human voices. As we're going, uh, oh wait, I do want to do a stealth check as we go, but I, then okay. I want to do a perception check because I can understand orcish, so if I can hear it, then I mm. might be able to know what they're saying. Yeah, sure. I don't have that, so that's good. 23. <laughs> 23. Yeah. Uh, all right, so with the 23 and your primeval awareness skill, here's what I'll tell Juno. As you're descending the second staircase, you hear a couple orcish voices coming from around a bend in the corridor. They are talking away from you like they're facing away from you there are three of them and they're just shooting the shit 
be more specific. What 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 are they talking I mean, about? they're they're just like Oh, you know, uh, can you believe this detail? Like, we've been out here a while. Like, I'm getting bored. Like, you know, they, we're running out of people to see if they can open this thing. Like, I don't even know what we're after, but like, uh, I guess the pay's good. Like, like that kind of shit. Juno like has an epiphany as this is happening because like that's exceedingly normal, and he's just used to <laughs> the slaughtering orcs coming to kill him <laughs> and the people he loves. <laughs> that's weird to him, uh, but he he sort of like whispers this you're about 60 feet down the corridor from this bend where they're standing but we've got our veil so they if i like tell the group they can't hear you know roll your stealth checks or whatever but yeah you can whisper to the group and relay this information if you want to sneak down this corridor to get closer to them and want to do it stealthily you'd have to make a stealth check okay what's the plan juno what's the plan what'd you hear juno there are three guys no no uh, there are three orcs evil orcs and they are trying to open something down there. Did they sound really nefarious and evil? Did they just do grunts? Like nasty boy grunts? Uh, they were, they, I mean, I, I've, when I first heard their language, it sounded like grunts to me, but I've learned it over time, and uh, it, no, they're just talking. Were they talking about real evil, bloodthirsty stuff? Were they saying bad things I, about your mother? Were they talking about who they killed and how many kills they've amassed over the years? These are all things that I would think they would be talking about, yes, but yeah. they weren't. They were just talking about, you know, being bored. Oh, that bored sounds works? Really? really relatable. It does, right? It's so weird. That's I've been really bored weird. before. Yeah, I have too. You ever been bored, you know? I have been bored, just like does those this, orcs. Does this present a conflict for you? I, I feel like something's happening here that I don't understand, but yes, it does. Yeah. Guys, the blood is drying, and I'm feeling crusty. Oh. Who did, like, if we killed those guys up top that were just like hey what'd you eat for dinner well that one we didn't really plan i mean technically but now i kind of feel bad i i I don't yet what if they're one of them okay so there's some boring dudes down there i want to go find this human and talk to them and see what's up okay okay let's try and sneak past them god (laughs) one of them ate flack for dinner Explosion. Uh, okay, so couldn't keep me down though. What are you guys dead. doing then? Are you just walking down there? Yeah, we're gonna try to sneak yeah. past. Sneak past. Roll them. your checks. Oh hell yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. Is this still twenty eight? Twenty one. Yep. Uh, Don't yeah, forget to edge ten. Yeah, everybody. Super good. Should be if you roll. You high, rolled an eighteen. Yeah, if you fine. roll higher than a seven, you're and is fine. it with Dex? I rolled a seven. <laughs> you're good. So perfect. Yeah. yeah. Great. Whew. You sneak down this hallway, and the kind of open path that you're on becomes like a corridor, and then it jogs to the left. And right after that jog is where the orcs are kind of stationed as like guards, basically, like sentries. They're just standing there facing away from you, so you've managed to sneak up behind them. I'm just going to roll, give them a shot to see if they can detect that you're standing there behind them so that it's not like an end of Silence of the Lamb situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're they're too engrossed in their very normal conversation <laughs> to notice that you're there. What do you do? Should we knock these guys out instead of killing them? I mean, I have fog cloud. We could I could cast that, and then we can sneak past them. Oh, uh, the... can anyone make a? I was gonna say make like a noise come from like above, so they run up there and like are out of our hair. But then they might be like alert. Okay, I do have mage hand. <laughs> We're in this good position where we can sneak down and hear this human. It's it's taking a lot for me not to, to really get into battle. Let's just kill him. Let's just kill him. Whoa, okay. guys. Whoa. I feel like the two plans are discreet. They're all going to come up, and we can't hear that human if we kill the orcs. There are three of them and five of us. 
three of us can kill the three of them but at the same time. Then there will time. be hundreds coming up. They so wouldn't know they? if they if, wouldn't know yeah. if we snuck strike them, sneak strike. But they're be- <sighs> cover their mouths. They, Here, they, they like haven't this. attacked I us. Take out uh, my uh, dagger. What do I have? My dirk. What do I got? Uh, I do have a dagger like this, and then I look for some people to help me do this at the same time. Yep. Marjorie takes out her dagger. I pull out my short sword, and then roll attack rolls. What? It's a stealthy. Yeah, from so around- uh, advantage. Okay. Eighteen. Seventeen. You know what? You kill these guys. You snuck. Oh, oh man, snuck. I'm so proud of my roll. Well, you say your roll. Okay, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Su- you super murder your your guy. Like uh, Fletch and Flack, you like stealthily sneak up behind your chosen orc and you like quietly slit their throats. But like Margarine just like runs hers through the back, like jamming her dagger up into his orcish kidney and like twisting. Oh God! <laughs> so that when she pulls yeah. it out, a jet of blood r- splashes her her again. Feeling less crusty now. And uh, all three orcs fall to the ground dead. Like uh, that. Archer kind of kind of You know the in. next closest orcs that you uh can detect are down the corridor, down another set of stairs, uh and then to the right you sense a group of sixish. I just like I imagine us killing those orcs and then turning around and like crossing our mm-hmm. arms and then you go like that and then we're like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Juno's looking like a little confused. There there are more orcs uh, down, down there. Let's the, get them. These seemed, these seemed fine, but they were here, so that means they must not be good. Yeah, dude. Right. Keep yeah. saying that. Put on those orc killing pants and let's go. Do we watch them kill these? Yeah. Okay, I just like walk past. D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D, just then, before Zappos can act, you hear a kind of loud splash and see this eruption of water from high up in the waterfall as this projectile flies from within the waterfall and crashes into the trebuchet, exploding it into a hail of splinters. Everybody make a dexterity roll. What the fuck? What are you doing?